so you slept in, hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home, in your warm, comfortable bed, than in our slightly less comfortable pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. Now you're still going to miss out on things that we think are important. You're going to miss out on intergenerational community, inspiring music, charming children, all of the fun things that come along with being part of the family. But we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a fabulous new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or sick like I was on Sunday, mm-hmm. which is why I wasn't in church, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we invite you to grab a cup of coffee or your favorite warm beverage and uh, receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. In fact, we encourage you to question, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris. So Susan. I did not uh, stay home on Sunday morning. I got like up Like us slackers. Like you slackers. <laughs> I woke up in the morning. I called Susan at 6.30 in the morning. And was desperately searching for a preaching substitute because I was so, so sick. And yes, it has yeah. been the butt of many funny, funny jokes. No, not what so a, funny jokes, actually. About what a slacker I am. So no, I was not hungover. It was not uh, daylight savings Saving time spiking. laziness. Okay, good. It was nothing like that. It was a bad hot dog at a movie theater. And I'm feeling much better now. Uh, but I'm glad that uh, Susan was willing to take my call at 6.30 in the morning and give me the name of a lay preacher who might be willing to come and cover at the church. Yep. Yep. So luckily we have that network to, to fall back on and uh, to be able to be supportive of one another on yes. this whole thing. So, so, but on Sunday morning, we covered the topic of restlessness. Ooh, restlessness. Restlessness. And I centered that, you know, I held that in two pieces of scripture. The first one being... The um, story of the what we call the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Okay, so if you remember that, we told the part of the story, just the part of the story where she's having a conversation with Jesus mm-hmm. um, at the well a at scandalous, noon time. At the a well, scandalous conversation with Jesus, right? And Jesus says, "Give me water." And there's this whole like thing. You're not where supposed to talk to me. me. And, there's some confusion about equipment for getting water and that that's one of the things that we came up with in my Monday night Bible study. They're like, did she not have that? What? Huh? Cause it's like all this language around whose cup are we going to use kind of thing. So oh, yeah, yeah. anyway, it was kind of funny. So we have the woman at the well who has all these other connotations around her yes. about her husband's and about her lifestyle. So there's but, that. But the, the baseline is she didn't really have a place to fit in at this point. Right. Like So, right. Here's so a person. Whether, whether the divorces were because of her own issues or because of other people's issues, issues and her being taken advantage of, 
She was sort of at loose ends. At loose ends, yes. So yeah. that's sort of where we grab onto that story which when is, we start talking about restlessness. Yeah, which is evident because she's at the well in the middle, middle of the, of the day, day, which is not when... Exactly. Not when you or I would... Respectable people wind. would show up at the well. <laughs> so that. And then it's also in a passage from Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, which is the the passage about laying down your burdens so that Jesus can give you rest Mm -hmm. and that you should pick up Jesus's yoke, God's yoke. Yeah. And bear that burden, which is light. Which is much easier. Which is much easier. So that was the the subject of a very popular folk song at the Japanese American church that I serve. Matthew 11. Every person in that Community oh, knows Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty because they know that that song. That oh, song. how funny! How funny! So we read those scriptures, and then I told a story from the Hindu tradition that Dr. Houston Smith used in a book about where to find God, and it's a story about how a um, a student comes to a master and says, "How do I find God?" And the master smiles and sa- and leads this student down to the river, and they look at the river for a little while. And then all of a sudden, the master grabs the student and forces his head under the water. Just like you do. Like you do. And I have this picture in my head of the story of this guy, like, kicking and screaming, and the master's just very serenely, like... Just holding his head under the water. Under the water. After a little while, the master lets him up, and the master continues to look at the river for a little while, and then he sort of turns to the student and says, how did that feel? And the student's like... Raring mad, it right? It felt great. Thanks, Master. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Because, the, the, you know, he's got to be steaming, right? Steam I feel delightful. Coming out the ears. And the Master says to the student, when you desire God like you desired air, then you will find God. Or actually, you will find that God has found you. Hmm. And, and then, I, then I talk about St. Augustine, who wrote this quote that rolls off people's tongue often, you know, we are made for you, O Lord, and are restless until we find our rest in you. Yeah. Like we can't fill the God-shaped holes with anything but God. Right. And so as we talk about restlessness, here's the story of this woman who, whether by her own fault or the, the culture she lives in or the combination thereof or of all the other external factors and internal factors, right. however they brought her to this point, we have this woman who is restless because she is not at rest. She is not comfortable she, with she doesn't who she have, is. Yeah, she doesn't have a place. She doesn't have a place. I think she's in some ways, like, she's at a place where, you know, a place in her life where she is at that point of being able to turn around and realize that God has found her. Mm. That there is a way out of the restlessness of her life. But she doesn't realize it until she runs into Jesus. Right. You know, and here's Jesus who actually sees her. They don't do the, the polite, ignore, ignore. I'm going to ignore not, you. We're, we're not we're, supposed we're, to we're talk. Not, Jesus looks at her and says, hey, can you help me? Yeah, I tell the people at my church that if you are having a hard time figuring out where God is, look for where Jesus shows up in the story. Mm-hmm. And Jesus shows up among the restless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and Jesus shows up in those places that... That are impolite. That are impolite and hard to be in sometimes. Yeah. The story says that his disciples have gone on for food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he's just sitting there and that he's tired. Yeah. Which is kind of a funny little image and i love the way we started the scripture we just went right in at verse four which says and he had to go through samaria 
Well, he didn't have to, but right. he chose to. Right, but that's how the story tells it. He says he had to go through Samaria. Yeah. And and when you just read that piece versus all the things around it, you kind of it, it sounds more like... like of, course he, of course he had, had to, to do go, that. Of course he had to go through Samaria. What a jerk. What a jerk, right? Yeah. Which is going to cause problems for food. He, he it's just had to. Right. Speaking of Jesus being tired, there's a painting of Jesus at the first church that I served under appointment in the, in the youth room. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Jesus, mm-hmm. and he's not blonde Lutheran Jesus. He's white, which is still problematic for me. He's wearing his robes, mm-hmm. and they're wrinkled. Oh, yes. And I feel like in every image we have of Jesus, like, his robes are always pristine. And <laughs> this, in this one, In this one image, he's, like, wrinkled and kind of, like, dirty. Like, he's been on the road for mm-hmm. a while, mm-hmm. and he's maybe slept in his clothes Close. and all been that. Been a little and more think, realistic. Well, yeah, of course that's yeah. what he probably looked like. You know, I just get frustrated when we we think that Jesus is above it all. Like, he didn't have a valet following him around. Really? He was tired. And Mm -hmm. even in his tiredness, he managed to meet Meet this woman and minister to her. And and her restlessness and her uneasiness. Thinking about what restlessness is, right? Like, this distraction. It's the thing that in our life is sometimes the distraction from what we're supposed to be doing right and you were talking about before like there's sort of two different kinds of restlessness right there's, there's like the holy restlessness, restlessness. which is and like really not what we're talking about yeah today. like that i mean that's really like you are dissatisfied with the way things are, are. because you are focused on god's righteousness right. and justice that's and right. that's a different kind of a different kind of restlessness than this kind of distraction that you're getting at. So the distraction I'm kind of getting at is sort of the, the psychological distraction the thing that keeps us from being focused mm-hmm. And when we talk about it in our spiritual life, from being focused on God, but it also happens in the rest of our life too. So there's this psycho, this is psycho, psychological research, this is psychotic research, psychotic research. I don't know how they did this, uh, but this psychological. They just had to go and do the research. They had to go and do the research in Samaria. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I didn't actually. Restlessness makes our mind forty percent less effective. Oh well, that doesn't surprise me at all. I was, right? was going to guess a way higher percentage than right? that. But what, what surprised me about the research is that their definition of restlessness uh-huh. or of what, what that would be look like is a distraction created by emotional, relational, or psychological circumstances that prevent our focus on a task or responsibility. So. All the time. So life. Life. Basically life. I mean, there's a reason I named my dog Squirrel. Uh, yes, there <laughs> is. Because a... every time I, I use that as an example in one of my sermons, I think of Squirrel. Of course. Yeah. Because like, it's just so human. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we resonate with Doug the dog and up is because it's so human to be on some kind of a track and then something shiny happens and we get so distracted. And sometimes we can jump back into the flow and that's good. But yeah. sometimes we're just lost after that. You know, it's hard to regain our rhythm and our momentum. And yeah, so squirrel, yeah. squirrel. And we never have that problem on this podcast either. It's no, no, it's we might be on one of those tangents right now. We uh, <laughs> it's the most fun thing in the world to go to the dog park and shout squirrel and watch yes. all the other. And squirrel is totally focused whenever I say that. Yeah. All the other dogs get distracted. The squirrel's like, that's me. Right. Well, actually, this is a perfect thing, right? The perfect segue to one of my points was is that, is that how, how restlessness is a sneaky state in our life. Yeah. That we think we're, we're chugging along in the normal scheme of things clicking on all cylinders, um, getting ahead. And then we end up, we realize that we're down a path we never intended. And because we engage the distraction. Right. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to train your mind 
to just let it pass through the uh-huh. other side. It's tricky for people, particularly when they're starting contemplative prayer. Right. I actually brought that up on Sunday. It was yeah. like, you know, it's like centering prayer when you're trying to do that and your squirrel brain just kind of goes. Yeah, you're sitting in silence and it, that silence leaves all of your extraneous thoughts open mm-hmm. to attack at the same time. Even if and they're so, not important. Yeah, or... it's like your grocery list and what do you have to do later today? And maybe I didn't do this other thing right yeah. the other day. And all of these things kind of attack at the same time. And it takes a lot of practice mm-hmm. to let one of those thoughts kind of drift into your mind and then drift out, out instead of grabbing onto it and just just kind of letting it pass through is uh is tricky it's yeah. tricky yeah and so when we think about like like it's hard in our practice and we can see examples where restlessness has led people on paths they didn't intend Last week, I talked about some biblical characters that had the rebellion thing going. Mm-hmm. And we have the same thing as we have a Bible full of stories of people who were restless. Yeah. They didn't like how it was going. They were trying their path versus God's path. So I thought of Jacob. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, uh, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't he's want to wait. He's not satisfied with not the so. way his life is and that his brother sort of gets all of the perks of being the eldest, uh-huh. even though they're twins. Yep. And uh, and so he goes off and upsets a lot of people's lives by trying to find his own meaning. Right. And, and that one's like an extreme, right? Like that's an extreme. Yeah. Well, and it takes an extreme amount of restlessness work, work for him to get back to it as well right, and get right. back to where he needs to be. But yeah, no, Jacob is an extreme right. one. Right. The other level that I think of it, the one that I resonate with is Peter. Right. So he's restless. He's so he restless when he gets out of the boat, gets distracted by the waves. Yeah. And when Peter is like a lot of us, I think he deals with his distraction by trying to like force action to happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of just kind of letting, right. letting things be and, right. and sitting in the moment. Well, and then he does it again. And during the transfiguration. During the transfiguration, let's build something. He does it again with the, I mean, the food on the roof to some extent, the the vision that he has of the blanket coming mm-hmm. down. And instead of just kind of being like, oh, okay, he's like, no, this is a test and I'm going to force myself to right. like be focused instead of actually listening to what God's saying. Same he's to trying it. to, he's listening and to he, his kind of cultural. And I think also the, the, the dial is, oh, yeah. is part of that restlessness is that this is not what he wants to be have happening. And so his... His response is to be like, no, of course I don't know this guy. It's Yeah, it's self-protection. Right. I mean, so there's all those levels. And that's one of the best things about the Gospels and about the stories that we have in these traditions. Is that, oh, yeah, I'm they right They could have there. been way more whitewashed, you know, like they could have cleaned been, yeah. up and beautified. And, but Peter no, was we the have perfect people. disciple. And instead it's like, no, Peter is me. And he's squirreling it up all over the place. Right. And trying to force things to happen that aren't going to happen and feeling protective of people when mm-hmm. he really doesn't need to be protecting them. Right. And, you know, all the, all the stuff that he gets stuck in. Right. I find great comfort in knowing that I'm not the first to experience something and I'm not going to be the last. That my, my experience of this is going to maybe help somebody else someday, right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, one of the other reasons why we need to not whitewash our stories. Mm-hmm. When we talk to people about it's not it we can't just tell the good stories, we have to tell all the stories because right. if we just tell the good stories and then bad things happen, people are going, Oh, I must not be a good person, person of faith instead of I am dealing with the same things everybody before me has dealt with. Um right. and finding some solace in community and also finding some hope that it you know, you can crawl out of it again. Right. And then that's where for me the passage um from Matthew comes in. Mm-hmm. This whole, the, the idea that Jesus says, you know, give me your burdens and I will give you rest. And the image for me that pops into my mind when I read that passage is my experience backpacking. 
Oh. Where you're carrying 30 pounds or 40 pounds of, of your life on your back. Yeah. You've gone 10 miles in a day. Yeah. And you're at the end of the day and it's time to set up camp and you put your pack down. There's a different feeling there than, you know, when you practiced in your living room, seeing if you could even get the thing on. Yeah. There's that something in that feeling of true rest. Yeah. Of true I've been working hard. Yeah. You know, that, that I can let go of this and let it be for a while. And not... And not, you know, keep messing with like, it. Like, yeah. like, well, and it's the difference between, you know, that, that late afternoon stop before you're, the last stop your group takes before you get to camp, right? Uh-huh. If you make the mistake of turning, taking your backpack off then. You don't want to put it back on. You don't want to put it back on. But if you put it down in that last place, you are ready to pick it up. And it feels, I mean, it does feel the lighter next the next day. morning, yeah. right? Well, it's not just because you ate dinner out of there. Part of it is a sense of accomplishment. Like mm-hmm. I have finished my work for the day. Right. And right. part of it is there's no dread and I'm not done yet. Like right. it's, there's no dread in that. So you can just put it down and walk away from it. And if putting down all of our emotional baggage and thought cycles and shame spirals was as easy as putting down a backpack. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, this is definitely one of those passages where it's like, yeah, that sounds easy. That sounds nice. How about some practical advice for yeah. how we get there? Right. It's the next line, you know, Jesus says, take up my yoke because you're not supposed to be doing this alone. Yeah. That's the tool, right? Yeah. Like that's the metaphor for take up these tools of of the life that will help you forward. You know, because I think in my head, I remember when, early years seeing the picture of a yoke thinking, oh, that just seems so mean to the animals, yeah. right? And yet that's the thing that allows them to do They can work. pull, what, four times more together than they yeah, can on like their own. Yeah, like it's like a crazy number. We've yeah. talked about or this. Or 40 before. times more. It's something ridiculous. It's not, it's not 40. It's like, you know, it's like 300 to 1,000. You know, it's like it's, the math isn't the same. It's, it's the definitely is, exponential. Yeah, it's level. crazy. It's true in Centering Prayer, Contemplative Prayer, mm-hmm. we were talking about before. Like the passage starts with come unto me. Mm-hmm. Come, so focus on me. Just focus on me. And so it's easier to let go of the distraction stuff when we know that we're resting in something. Something. Mm. Um, focus on an idea on God, on our relationship with God. If we can focus yeah, on, that's why we light a candle. candle in the middle. It's because it's just gives you something to look at, something yeah. to focus on, which helps to let all those other things pass through. Yeah. So the way I talked about this on Sunday is talking about how that passage also reminds us that in our restlessness, we are not alone. Mm-hmm. God is coming beside us to help us deal with that. And that's how God uses that peace, right? right. That we don't actually want to feel that feeling. We are looking for ways to be centered, mm-hmm. to focus on something besides ourselves. Yeah. To be led forth onto the path path we didn't expect a path we never saw you know however that manifests yeah and it works out yeah it helps to know that god is a an experienced cat herder oh my gosh well and And i'm not the only cat but knowing that i'm a cat and that there are lots of other chaotic cats around me sort of gives me permission to just focus in Mm -hmm. and pay attention Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to pay attention to something that's that's good rather Mm -hmm. than all of the things that are worries right. and bad and anxieties and all the that. anxieties that come out that's where i kind of left it like the idea that this is a part of who we are mm-hmm. and god is ready to deal with that to turn it over whatever the metaphor is that you need for that right. to let god into that so yeah. Yeah. so are you collecting lots of broken things well keep people keep coming to me and going i have a broken thing i keep forgetting to bring it because they're restless because <laughs> they're restless maybe <laughs> they're distracted by yeah maybe the sermon next week on regret will help them remember. I will will regret my restlessness and rebellion. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want my broken light bulb? Uh, Maybe. Okay. 
You can have it. It's all yours. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I like to help you out. Thanks. Like yeah. to be, be generous with my broken things. <laughs> well, Susan, thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. If you have a question for us or stories that relate to restlessness or distraction, oh, funny stories, sad stories, we love all stories. Uh, anything that we've been discussing today, shoot us an email. We are sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on sundaymorningsleepin.com. You can find us on SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play Music or Stitcher. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. The scriptures today are from Matthew 11, 28 to 30, and John 4, 4 to 15. The music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So we end every one of these podcasts with a blessing, a thought, a sending forth. And um, mine today for you is that you are not alone. Squirrel, you are not alone. And that every time you think you are, remember you are not. This restlessness, this anxiousness, actually used that word a little bit more yesterday in talking about this because we're thinking about where this plays out in our life. And that sometimes when we feel these feelings and we get start to be sunk into them, we need to pull our head up and, and look around a little bit more and see where God is leading versus where we are being distracted into. So pay attention to the leading instead of the distracting. Enjoy the day. Amen. Amen.